We're going to talk about ghosts and, and uh, UFOs and stuff. And it's a couple conspiracies. On, on the special, the, the Jason Carpenter is really, really sick special episode. Episode 403. The Jason is sick episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm sick, but I hope you aren't. I hope you guys are having a great day. Now, let me get in front of everything. It's not Corona. It's not the coronavirus. It is something that sucks. Nose has been running all day and uh, pretty gooey feeling. My bones hurt. So I did have an episode planned for today, but I'm recording this one pretty late. I know there's going to be a lot of times that I'm turning away to cough. So we're going to keep this one easy on me is what I'm saying. But we're not... This isn't a filler episode because I got some cool stuff to talk about. It's just not going to be in the format I normally do. And let me go ahead and say this. I almost feel like apologizing, but, but let's give a shout out to today's Patreon supporter. Today's Patreon supporter is Misty. Misty specifically requested, I do not try to pronounce her last name, but I really, really appreciate the support, Misty. I'm going to use your, your, your particular Patreon donation to go buy some more medicine. And if you guys can't support the Patreon, you can always support the show by helping getting the word out about the show. That helps just as well. So Misty, let's let's um let's just hang out at my place today. Come on, let's take a seat. Today, I want to talk about some conspiracies I believe in. Now, let me say this right off the bat. I have no proof to back any of this stuff up. So legally, I'm just rambling, right? But me and you know, week week, me and you know, I have a couple of weird conspiracy theories. That have been thinking, or insights. Not a stand up comedian, but here's conspiracy theory number one. I believe, okay, so you know when you see, like, okay, I I don't want to use real actors' names because then that is actual slander. But let's say there is an actor who's preparing for a role in a superhero movie, and they go from being a normal looking human to 180 pounds of raw muscle. You guys know this has happened multiple times. I'm not singling out one particular hero, but it used to be that action heroes were built, genetically built, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Jean-Claude Van Damme. These were people who did not look like normal humans, just just in their normal everyday life. But recently, though, past 10, 15 years, people started going, let's hire actual actors. Let's get an actual actor to do this and make them look buff for this particular superhero movie. Batman Begins. So, I think that, and not just that movie, Captain America, pretty much every Marvel movie starring a man, I think, outside of the Hulk, I think, my personal conspiracy is, is that when you see an actor put on, this this might blow your mind at first, but you gotta think about it logically. When you see an actor put on 30 pounds of raw muscle in between shooting movies, they're doing steroids. They're mo- they are they are allegedly on steroids. Now let me say this: I don't steroids is one of those drugs that I don't really care about. I think steroids regulated very well outside of a sports competition. I think should be totally fine. I think you should be able to go to the doctor and say, "Hey, I want to get more fit, or I just want to look better." If we're allowing people to do plastic surgery, if we're allowing people to do surgery to their body. Why can't people do steroids under under like medical supervision? I don't have a problem with steroids personally. 
Steroids, like any drug, can lead to harmful things, yes. But I've always viewed steroids more as something that could be regulated within the medical system. If if people want to take steroids, that's one of those things that I've always thought should just be regulated and should be legal. As long as you're not playing sports, because then it's not fair. The point is, is that I believe that when we see these actors put on all this muscle weight, because a lot of times steroids may not even make you stronger, it just makes you look bigger, which is the kind of the connection between that and plastic surgery. I think they give these actors steroids. Now, that would be it. Could you imagine the fallout if that came out? Because we always see these diet plans. I was watching this YouTube video today, and they're like, do you know how so-and-so got into shape for Captain America? Intermittent fasting. And I was like, nope, steroids. That dude obviously did steroids for that franchise. Because what happens is then, I mean, nowadays they have the franchises can last a while, but for the most part, they, they look normal their next movie. Like, oh, look at me. I magically lost all that, all that muscle that took me so long to build up. It's magically gone. Now I can fit in this business suit for this family drama. Steroids will do that if you stop taking the steroids. And I, I bet you anything that they go to these quote unquote trainers. I'm not, I'm, I, I don't know if they're tricking these guys. They're like, look at me, mom, I'm so strong. I'm so strong. And the guy's like, you are strong, Billy. Here, let me give you another injection of strong sauce. Yay. I mean, like, they probably sit down with them and say, hey, listen, we're going to have you eat nothing but fish, and you're going to be lifting a bunch of weights, but we're, you're also going to be taking human growth hormones. And and here's the, this is why I think this is true. One, it's my eyeballs work, and I can look at actors who have massive weight fluctuations between movies. My eyes work. That's the first part of the conspiracy. Two, if I have a $200 million movie on the horizon... And part of it is you looking like a superhero. I'm not going to be like, hmm, I hope he has good genetics. I hope he can put on weight, muscle weight, really quickly. Now, Norbit, you can throw on a fat suit, right? And then you're fine. There's your $200 million investment. But with this dude, like with these guys I'm talking about, there's no way they're like checking their watch and they're like going into the gym each day and they're like, how's he doing? No, they're injecting him with, with human growth hormone or steroids or something. Again, I don't have a problem with it. But it would be a huge scandal if that ever got out. And you heard it first on Dead Rabbit Radio. You know what's funny? All the stuff I talk about lizard people taking over the planet, gray aliens, um, all all the other weird stuff. Mormon Vic put, never worried about him breaking through my door. It's funny because all the conspiracy theories I do watch, that'll be the one that gets me shot in some back alley. I'm shot behind a 24-hour fitness. Bunch of needles in my back. So let's go ahead and move on to our our next segment. Our next segment is more of a thought experiment. So you know how you... Let me ask you this, guys and gals. You have... I can almost guarantee you have something in your house, your apartment, your dorm room, your shack. Remember, remember MASH when we were kids? Mansion, apartment, shack, house. That has nothing to do with what we're talking about. That was just a nostalgia thing. Do you remember... Wait, no, 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 now, I'm starting to lose it, now, not remember, Misty's sitting in the apartment, she's like, Dan, why did I have to donate this episode, the episode that that is the first step in Jason's mental decline, it's almost sad that he's even recording an episode right now, so I can guarantee that you guys either have a guitar that is not being played, or some sort of musical instrument that you bought that you planned on using, or... Maybe you have a program on your computer about like how to make a video game. Maybe you have the first chapter of a book you've written 
<laughs> Maybe you have the first chapter of a book you've read that you're like, I always wanted to read a book, but you've just never finished one. Maybe you haven't even gone that far. Maybe you have a story idea that you've totally built out the world, but it's not built out enough. You need to have the world building completely done before you start putting pen to paper. I'm not mocking any of that because I've done that my whole life. Now, I've been blessed that I've done that type of stuff where I like, we'll start a book and then I'm like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And on the same token, I've also been like, oh, here's another idea and I've run with it. Like this podcast. Like before I started the podcast, I was trying to be an author. I was writing all this stuff. Nothing was really catching fire. Do this podcast. It blows up. So that should be inspirational that what you're trying to do or what you started and put away, maybe that's not the thing for you. Maybe it needs a second look. Maybe all that stuff, right? Maybe all that inspirational stuff that usually sounds better when I feel better. It's not the point of this segment. Well, it is kind of, you should follow your dreams. But think about this. Think about this right now, okay? So back in like the 50s and stuff, people had... (laughs) Okay, so let me say this too. First off, I apologize for this episode. Secondly, I'm getting this from a note I wrote to myself called Weird Thoughts. I found it on my computer when I was like, uh, what do I want to talk about? <laughs> what do I want to talk about this episode? I want to talk about steroids, because I've had that conspiracy theory for a while, actually. The YouTube ad about intermittent fasting reminded me of it. Here's here's this. It's This is my note. I don't know why I thought this, but here's this note. Quote, people used to want to be married. <laughs> Just to show you how my brain works. This is what I wrote down. People used to want to be marionette operators or like using dummies. So I was sitting there one day and I thought, I used to have a, I used to have a guitar in the corner of my room, right? Everyone does. Everyone has that. It's nothing to be ashamed of. But I was kind of ashamed of it because it was all dusty. So I gave it to Veronica who gave it to her daughter. And that way if she ever becomes the next Taylor Swift, <laughs> I'll be the Colonel Tom Parker of that action. But... That's normal, right? But think about it. At one point, somebody somebody convinced their wife that they were going to be the next. I don't even know who was a famous marionette dude. Somebody. This is the reason why I'm thinking this is because it shows how I think familiar the human experience is, right? I'm not going to spend too much time going on this because then I just feel like a stoner. I'm the worst kind of stoner. I'm a stoner who doesn't get high. I'm a stoner who hasn't been high in. Almost a decade, but I still have stoner thoughts. We we have those dreams and stuff like that, and we see like guitar people, musicians, what they're normally called, playing guitars, and you're like, oh, I would like to do that. Like, I don't see myself as Mr. Maroon Five, but I could see myself as you know Jason Mraz sitting at a coffee shop picking up chicks with my guitar. But back in like the fifties, I mean, they had guitars and stuff like that, but it was all like jazz music and stuff, right? But you know what was really you know what was really big was marionettes. So you had some dude who had an apartment, and like in the corner of his apartment was a vanquilatrist dummy. (laughs) And people would come over, and it'd be all dusty, and they'd be like, hey, Jason, weren't you trying to get, didn't you used to talk about trying to get on the Ed Sullivan show with like your dummy, (laughs) doing that dummy stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. I practice on the weekends. I, I mean, I don't have a lot of time now. But, you know, I still break it out every once in a while and people are looking at it, it's kind of dusty. Have you noticed, too, actually, <laughs> that joke notwithstanding, when you, there's almost an unspoken code. I guess this is a conspiracy. There's an unspoken code among us. We all have the dusty guitar. 
the half-written book is really hard to see. A lot of times people at work or people at school talk about a book they're writing, and then there's an unwritten code there where none of us ask the other person how they're how that's going. Have you noticed that? I guess this is kind of a weird stand-up routine. I had my dusty guitar in the corner, and it was for a couple years. Multiple people came over. Sometimes people would pick it up and they'd kind of strum it because they actually knew how to use it. But no one ever went, man, this guitar is dusty. You, you never followed your dreams, did you, Jason? You're like, no. No one ever comments on the dusty guitar. When you say, hey, I'm thinking about writing a book, and you start telling the story, and people are like, oh, yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. After, they may ask you once or twice, hey, how's that book coming? But after, and you go, oh, I'm still working on getting the characterization. After a while, people stop asking. And it's not because they're not interested. It's because we all have that dusty guitar. And we don't want to be asked about it, right? Isn't that weird? It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a communal, it's a communal shame. I believe you have to have the dusty guitar to get the Dead Rabbit Radio. I believe you do have to have the failures at creativity or whatever you're doing. It doesn't necessarily have to be creative. You may be trying to rebuild a car and it's just sitting in the garage. But I think you need to have the failures to have the successes. So I, I don't, if I tried picking up the guitar, it wasn't working. I wrote some stuff. I wrote, written a couple scripts. I've sent them out to production companies. No one's ever bitten on them. Stuff like that. So I think you have to have those failures to have the successes. And I'll tell you this, man. Success is weird. Success is weird. I know I've heard of the term um, fear of success. Everyone has a fear of failure, or most people have a fear of failure. You can get over it. Some people have a fear of success where they'll self-sabotage themselves. Where they'll be like, nope, this is getting too big. And... The reason why I don't have that is because I've had success. I've had failures in my past, and I've had successes in my past. Like, let's say I go, you know, I'm going to spend this next couple of years being a journalist, and is a very successful journalist. I'm going to spend these next couple of years being an actor, you know, fairly successful actor. And then I had all these other failed projects behind me. So you you have to have those uh, successes and those failures. But, anyways, let's get back to the dummies. So the point is, is that. I think it's weird that we all have this communal thing where we don't talk about the dusty guitar in everyone else's room because we don't want people to ask us about our dusty guitar. And it's if you haven't got it yet, the, the, it's a metaphor for giving up on things you want to do. But that experience is even pushed farther back. In the 40s and the 50s, there were dusty marionettes and and dummies and <laughs> just dummies sitting in corners. And people finally, like, they always wanted to learn how to do it, but they just couldn't talk. <laughs> they couldn't talk without moving their mouth. But they kept it in the room because I'm going to pick it up one of these days and eventually they packed it in a box and stuck it in the attic. And then eventually they probably sold it or got stolen. Got stolen by by the notorious dummy thief. And then we can, I can almost guarantee you we can even go farther back to like, when did people start having fun? I know that's actually, that might sound like a joke, but happy, being happy. The old version of that was luck. Happiness in, in olden times basically meant luck. It really, people, people did have joy, but it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to go do my hobby now. You basically worked until dinner time and then you rested. And then as society became a little more comfortable, you're like, oh, now I can like read this book. This book that's not a religious text. That's when people are like, oh, look at fiction. This is awesome. When before you were either like reading the Bible, someone reading the Bible to you, or whatever religious text of whatever region you were in, and then working the rest of the time. But eventually we got to a point where we could start going, what, what, what is this thing I'm feeling? It's joy. This is awesome. 
even back then, people like in that time where people were able to start to find human joy and comfort in the little things. And I'm not talking about the super wealthy. I'm talking about, you know, just normal people. They had marionette puppets, right? <laughs> we're still stuck on that. You had little Otto in 1890 Germany who really, really wanted to, you know, he had all of his these story ideas in his head of his own Punch and Judy show. He's like, oh, I'm going to have two punches. And it's going to be like, they're going to be like robbing banks. And he's like the Quentin Tarantino of hand puppets back then. And then at a certain point, he goes, no. And his puppets got dusty in the corner. So, yeah, it's just a weird thing. That is a new conspiracy. I'm dubbing the uh, the dusty guitar conspiracy. So, yeah, there, <laughs> that's that segment two. That's segment two. That's technically a new conspiracy. We can put that on Conspiracy Theory Iceberg. The dusty guitar. Because everyone has one. Nobody wants to talk about it. And everyone hopes the best for themselves. I'm not a huge believer in the crabs in the bucket theory. Maybe because I'm not a crab in the bucket. Crab in the bucket theory is nobody wants to see other people do good. If you put a bunch of crabs in the bucket, if one's about to escape, the other crabs will pull it back down into the bucket. And there's a humanity, a theory, a sociological theory called crabs in a bucket where humanity doesn't like to see other people rise up so they'll pull them down. They, uh, people do like to see really high up people fall. But the one thing people like more than to see people at the top fall is redemption stories. Those are the ones, it's it's a really weird cycle. Like nobody, nobody likes to see, like say Britney Spears, She she's the best example for this because she actually did this. She rose to the top. She had a mental breakdown, whatever you want to call it. She's attacking people with uh, umbrellas and her kids get taken away. It's all sorts of craziness. And everyone was like, what did you expect? Child celebrity. She's nuts. And then she came back bigger than ever. And and now that's where she's at. She has, you know, her dad's going through some health problems, stuff like that. But people like to see people, they do like to see people fall, but they like it even better when they come back. Elvis Presley, perfect example of that. So what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> dusty guitars. I think everyone wants to see all the dusty guitars get dusted off and all the dreams fulfilled, but everyone's too afraid. Sometimes you just got to find another guitar. This microphone is quite dusty for a while. Actually, I've talked about this before. I was a musician. I have a couple of my zombie songs online. I had some earlier episodes, and I had this microphone. It got dusty because I stopped using it and broke it back out for this. So you always have time to dust it off. Let's go ahead and do one more topic. <laughs> Let me think about it. What did I talk about already? I talked about dusty guitars, and I talked about... What did I talk about in the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah, actors. Actors breaking the law to get buff for superhero movies. Okay, so here we go. Here's my last conspiracy. I don't even know if this is a conspiracy. I think it's not. It's You're like, Chase, you're not going to talk about marionette puppets again. No, no, I'm not. I don't know how to... Let me just let me just start. I I think it will appeal to you guys because I think it explains a conspiracy theory. You know, I walk a lot, and I have this weird thing when I see worms on the ground. I pick them up, I throw them in the grass. Now I'm not a big old fuzzy dude. Like I'm not super like I love animals, but not to the point where I don't eat them. Right? I'm always I'm always eating an animal. I actually was a vegetarian for a couple of years. But then it just got too expensive, so I was like, I'm back down my gullet, poor cow. But, you know, I also don't go out of my way to hurt animals. And that's kind of the same way I'm with humans. Like, I'm not super like, all oh, life should be cherished. 
But I'm also not like, I'm just walking down the street randomly beating people up. I.e., I'm a, I'm a normal human is what I mean by that. I'm a normal human. But a lot of times I'm walking and it's a little bit of an effort to bend over and pick up that worm. I'm older. I'm overweight. Oh, yeah, the keto's gone out the window. I've been eating my body weight in soup since I got sick. But, you know, even on the keto, I'm still like 270, 43 years old. I walk everywhere. You know, I get a good amount of exercise. Bending over to pick up worms, man, that's when you know you're old. Oh, I can't do it anymore, Judith. I can't do it. I don't know who Judith is. There's some random woman walking down the street. She's like, quit talking to me. Sorry, Judith. But I have a theory now. I'm sure you're like, I can't. What in the world is going to come out of Jason's mouth? Misty's already left. She's gone. She She's left the apartment. She goes, I do not want to know what conspiracy. Dusty worms. What's going on here? I Now, let me say this too. This is not, I'm not telling you to go out and start squishing worms. Because I'm going to pick them up. They don't deserve, I know why worms are on the pavement. It's because their house has got all wet. And they don't know what to do. They don't got eyeballs, right? And the second they get on concrete, they're like, uh-oh, this is not good. I'm just going to keep going in the same direction I'm going. They get further and further on the sidewalk. Now, the other day was real early. It was like 4 or 5 in the morning. I'm walking around. I'm a cat burglar. <laughs> That's one of my many jobs. I was leaving a very, very successful heist. And I'm walking down the street, and I see a fat worm right on the sidewalk. I almost stepped on it. I didn't know it. And I reached down to pick it up, and I thought, only a... <laughs> I had the legit had this thought. And I, I, don't, I can't preface it anymore. I just have to say it. Only a millionaire could step on a worm. Now, that is, now that is not a knock against millionaires at all. I've known a lot of millionaires in my life. It's not a knock against. So that's one of the cool things about getting older is you meet tons of people. When you're younger, you run into the same social group. When you get older, you meet people and you're like, hey, how are you doing? Oh, yeah, I own this business. Oh, yeah. They got like $10 million in their bank account. That's totally fine. I'm, it's not a knock against millionaires. I think that it's the reason why I'm not a millionaire. So let me explain. To have, and and, you know, I've talked a lot about visualization. So when I visualize having a successful podcast or having a healthy life, cough, cough, or I actually don't visualize my health that often, but I'm, I'm generally very healthy. When I talk about visualization, I visualize having a successful podcast. I visualize all these things. I also visualize being financially successful, having advertisers and things like that. But part of visualization is believing you're already there. I already believe this podcast is incredibly successful. So it's no surprise to me when it is. Very, very happy that we're huge in Argentina and other parts of the world. Today was a great day for downloads, um, 2,000 downloads in a single day. Huge in the world of podcasts. But I visualize those things already. I know they're going to happen. But those are all just numbers and things. The reason why you need to be able to step on worms to be a millionaire is because part of being a million, this is, like I said, I've met a lot of millionaires in my life. Part of being a millionaire is saying no to people. Now, I'm actually really good at saying no to people. I don't think you can be successful unless you say no to people. But at the same time, I don't have a lot of respect for money. 
I see that as kind of a number, as a kind of a thing. So, if I was given a million dollars, and people started coming out of the woodwork asking me for money, how would I deal with that? Interesting question. I don't necessarily consider myself a nice person. I'm definitely not someone who can be manipulated. But if you want to know who can be manipulated, it's generally people who say that they can't be. If I had a million dollars given to me, I feel like I would have to isolate myself for a period of time to prevent myself from being taken advantage of. Now, I've actually done a really good job in my life surrounding myself with people that I can trust and people who don't really care about money either. They either have enough of it themselves or it's just not something that um, concerns them. So if all of a sudden... Let's say a network came to me and said, hey, we'll give you a million dollars for your show. We want you to be exclusive on our network. It would trouble me because I know that that worm, as much as I love it, it's biological, it's alive, it's kind of gross, right? And it's in my way. But I'll take the time out to pick it up because I don't want to hurt it. That's It's not just me stepping over the worm. It's the fact that I pick the worm up and put it to where it'll be safe. I've done this for years. Obviously, when I was a kid, I was burning them with uh, uh, magnifying glasses and stuff like that. We used to take bees and ants and make them fight. But as I've gotten older, it's not only that I'll step over the worm, I'll pick it up and put it to where it will be safe. So other people won't step on it. So when people come to me and say, if someone comes to me and says, I want you to invest in a business, I'm not dealing with that. Or make your podcast grow if you get, no, I'm not dealing with that. I'm talking about people coming to me and saying, my daughter's sick. Or my son needs to go to a private school, he's getting bullied, and stuff like that. I'm not going to give you money just because whatever, but I'm talking about like people coming to me, and I have a million dollars, and they're like, can I have 80000 of it? My daughter's life is on the line. That's not really me being manipulated, unless it's some sort of big scam. But I'd be hard-pressed to say no to that, obviously. Because to me, money doesn't really mean anything. I think it'd be different if I earned the money, if I went from having... $30,000 a year, which is roughly what I make, 20, 20,000, somewhere around there. 20,000 to next year, 50,000 to next year, 100,000 to next year. That would, I think, be different because I would learn along the way how to say no. Because to, to, they say making money is not super hard. Keeping it is the hard part. Everyone can make money. It's saving it and keeping it, which is the difficult part. So if I can't step on that worm then someone comes to me with a serious health concern or a sociological concern, something like that. Because I was bullied in the fifth grade particularly, or was it the sixth grade I was bullied? I did go to a private school. So that was a real example for me. We had to scrounge money together. Because I was going to a really, really rough school. And it was in the sixth grade. I I ended up going to St. Philip Neri, which is a Catholic school, which was not as rough. And I made a lot of good friends there. But... I think if I was slowly making the money, it would be easier for me to kind of figure that out. Because I don't, in my daily life, I won't step on that worm. So in a visualized future, when I'm visualizing myself saying, this podcast is successful, I have all this money, I also visualize people coming up to me saying, hey, can I, can I borrow some of that? I, I, I need it for this, and not me saying no. And then other people saying, I need it for this liver transplant, and me going, well, I only have a million dollars and you're asking for 10% of it. Like, yeah, sure, here you go. So it's just a weird... F- and what happens is then 10 people ask you for 10% of it and then you have nothing. 
I think that's one of the reasons why I said earlier about the fear of success. I'm not fear of being financially successful, but I want it to come slow enough that I can acclimate to it. Because otherwise, I'm just going to blow through all of it. Either me doing stupid stuff, or me caring too much. Just like I care about that worm on the ground. So on that dark morning when I almost stepped on that worm, I remember I didn't step on it. The moral is not me stepping on it and going, Ha 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 ha, universe, give me what I ask. I've created the sacrifice. But I think in that moment, I thought I picked the worm up, threw it in the grass, and went on my way right into the maw of a flying bird. Went on my way, and I thought, I think this is the reason why conspiracy theories about the ultra-wealthy being super evil and eating babies and sacrificing children and all this stuff. I think this is one of the reasons, and this, so this is really where we're ending this. This is one of the reasons why that type of conspiracy theory is so prevalent. It's never the poor people eating babies. You very rarely hear about the homeless population injecting the blood of the young into their bodies. Now I will be a hobo and young forever, forever, forever. I think it's easy for us to see a separation between us versus them because for us to look at them and for them to have that type of wealth, it's easy for us to go, if I had that wealth, I wouldn't be that wealthy. If I had $200 million, if I had $200 billion, I would be giving it to my friends and my family. I'd be taking care of everyone. That's who we are. So when we see someone else who has an obscene amount of wealth, we go, why isn't they get wire? They spread in the love. That's what I do. That's what I do. I think it's because it is that slow acclimation to it and learning to say no doesn't necessarily mean they're stepping on the, the worms, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're not either. If I had $200 billion, if I had that type of money, you know, my family would be taken care of. People that I believe would need it would be taken care of. But if I slowly got richer and richer and richer, I'm not walking at four in the morning. I'm not walking that much at all. I'm not seeing the worms anymore. I don't see a worm for four or five years. I'm sure there are people who listen to this podcast who are like, I don't even remember the last time I saw a worm. I've walked more in my life than I've driven at this point. And people are like, When's the, where is this guy walking? Wormville, USA? But you get acclimated to that type of wealth, you stop walking, you're driving everywhere, you're busy. It's not that you don't care about the worms anymore, you don't even see them when you step on them. You're too busy just looking ahead to your destination, then walking slowly and enjoying the sights. And walking slowly may not make you rich, but it may help you help the little guys along the way. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. Twitter is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.